0: The year 2000 produced some
1: pretty consistent Best Picture nominees. Not in genre, but in theme. Mind you, this was back in the days when we only had five nominees, so you didn't have to contend with so many more to be consistent, but regardless, here we go. You have Gladiator, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, Traffic, and this week's movie, Chocolat, which was nominated for five Oscars, though it didn't end up bringing any of them home. In four out of five of these movies, you get a sense that the year 2000, or perhaps 1997 through 1999 when these films were originally written, had had just about enough of the entrenched patriarchs and corporations that pervaded its world. They made stories about heroes played by stars who were forced to shake things up because society had become so bad at doing it by itself, you have Russell Crowe saving the idea of Rome from the clutches of Joaquin Phoenix. Julia Roberts takes on Pacific Gas and Electric after it covers up poisoning hundreds of people. You have Yi Yi Zhang surpassing her master and attempting to claim the Jade Dragon for herself because Chao Fat doesn't seem to be doing anything with it. And finally, in Chocolat... You have a free-spirited chocolate maker in Juliette Binoche who battles tradition, religion, and the patriarchal tyranny of Alfred Molina. Ah! Now, underdog stories aren't strange to see in the best picture category, but this year is so rife with films that have obvious, larger-than-life obstacles, which seem to have come into even sharper relief today, that you have to wonder, did the 90s know more than we give it credit for? Even Traffic is like, How about we make a movie about every single problem the War on Drugs is creating? It's a year where the villains were simple and came from without. They were conquerable, as long as you had the right hero to do the conquering. Ah, Simpler times. Today's movie, Chocolat, is basic, and and I don't mean that as a pejorative. It's safe, charming, and gets its point across without much effort. Juliette Binoche saves a town with openness and intuition and perseverance and, of course, chocolate. You can watch this movie with anyone, at any time, during any era, and you'd probably find something to agree about. And maybe that makes it the perfect movie for 2020. It's just a good movie to sit down and watch. It has stirring performances, good direction, an amazing score from Rachel Portman, and... What more can you want? Okay, if you want to think really hard, go watch something else, yes. But for now, just sit back, relax, and grab as much chocolate as you possibly can get your hands on, because you should not watch this movie without it. Here it is.
0: It's not a real one.
1: To what do we owe the honor of your visit?
0: Well, as mayor of Lons-Canet, I want to welcome you to the community and to invite you to worship with us at mass on Sunday. That's very kind of you, but actually, we don't attend. We're glad to be so near the church, though. we we'll enjoy singing with the bells, won't we, no? no. Uh,
1: the bells are not intended as
0: an entertainment, madame. They are a solemn call to worship uh, for the... mademoiselle. Whole... I beg your pardon? Mademoiselle, I've never been married, but feel free to call me Vianne. I do hope you'll stop
1: by when I open for business next week.
0: Yes. Yes, opening a patisserie during the Holy Lenten fast, I could imagine better timing.
1: Oh, but it's not going to be a patisserie.
0: Then what do you intend to... It's a
1: surprise. It was sweet of you to drop by. Chocolate.
0: Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> you can keep saying it, but it's not going to appear in front of you. I know uh, you want it to, but it's not going to happen. I just finished the movie. I want chocolate. Mmm, didn't the chocolate look so good?
1: Dude. Or as the French would say, dude. Dude. Or if you're a British actor and you're speaking French, you would say, dude.
0: You sound like you're from London. Yeah. Dude. Do they have good chocolate where you are right now? You're in Wichita right now. Do they have good chocolate? Yeah, they're known for their chocolate, Ryan. They have patisseries? Yeah, uh, worldwide. That's uh, what's the Midwest is known for is
1: patisseries. Patisseries and chocolateries. Man, we're going to get letters just for our French. Um <laughs> So, you've been to France?
0: I haven't even been off this continent.
1: Oh. Well, that's not True, you went to
0: Hawaii. Oh, wait, I have. I went to Hawaii.
1: You went to Hawaii. But I've not
0: been into anywhere European. I would love to go to any of the European places. I have not.
1: I I have very luckily been to France. And the the chocolate cakes there, there's these ones that are financiers that are made. I think they are predominantly almond flour. I could be wrong. But there's chocolate versions. And it looks just like the cake that she gives Judy Dench. And oh my gosh, like it's the best. It's the best tasty chocolate thing that I've ever had mm. in my life. Like if I could make it, I would. And this movie has made me hungry.
0: So I know that the bakeries are really common in France. Are the chocolateries very common or are they special?
1: Um, well, let's see. I I don't know because I haven't really traveled extensively in France. I've just been to like four or five cities. And in each of them, though, there was like a... Like either a tea house or a, or like a pastry that had, like, lots of good chocolate there, but Mm -hmm. not. It wasn't like I. I, There wasn't one that was specifically after chocolate. Mm. And this movie is nothing if not historically accurate. So let's really
0: (laughs) jump into it. Yeah, this movie we're reviewing is Chocolat, Chocolat, Uh, AKA Chocolate. Which I are you disappointed that nobody said?
1: Chocolat, like that, in the whole film. What they, they sure they did. They said chocolate stuff. They they said like chocolaterie. Is this a chocolaterie
0: or is it a confessional?
1: Um, oh yeah, but like it was almost
0: n- not. They're like, very indirect about it.
1: Yeah, they they like they never really want to. They just talk about indulging, or she'll like. I think they might say like a, a hot. I think like Johnny Depp at the end says like.
0: But you'd never guess. My favorite hot chocolate.
1: Ryan, when was the first time you saw this film?
0: I can't remember. I've seen it at least two times before. There was the first time and then the second time. <laughs> I can't <laughs> recall either of them. It's just one of those movies that I have just had in my repertory since college. It's yes. been one of those rom-coms that like, I... It's like, "Oh, this seems nice and just kind of involve myself."
1: Yes, 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 yes. Um I I was first introduced probably in college and I think at least one person there was one copy of this DVD in every dorm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's such a safe movie for dorms to have.
1: It is. It's like the the person with all the DVDs had Chocolat, but the cool person had the Amelie DVD.
0: Yeah which is a real French movie. This feels like a fake French movie, this, right?
1: Well, yeah, it was it was an English and American production and there's like two French actors in it. I want No, probably three or four French actors in it um that play the prominent roles. Like you have Juliette Binoche, you have her daughter whose name I don't know and Leslie
0: Caron. Yeah,
1: and Leslie Caron and then like two or three, I think, of the other townsfolk. But then then you have, like, Johnny Depp, Judy Dench, Alfred Molina. And, like, that's all fine and good because you don't have to have everybody play French. They kind of throw it out the window and everybody... They're just, like, kind of talking a French accent if you want, but don't worry about it if you don't. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm glad you brought up Amelie because that was around the same time and it was so much a... Like, wow, the French are super cultural and cool in the style and wow. And Chocolat feels like Hollywood trying to be like, we're stylish and cool too. Check out our French movie.
1: Yeah, it did. And and the director, who is Swedish, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, Loss
0: Hallstrom. I think yes. I'm saying that right. Loss.
1: Loss. Lossy. He, it, it's like he's seen a bunch of French movies and he's like, oh, you know what we need in this? A close-up of lips licking chocolate. <laughs> like, like really, really uncomfortably close to Alfred Molina's <laughs> mouth. Yeah. Um, I loved this movie the first time I saw it. I, it swept me up in the romance of it. I, I didn't know what to expect and I was very pleasantly surprised with it. And I think the second time I, ex- I existed on like kind of nostalgia's sake, but this time kind of looking at it critically, I really enjoyed it, but I I didn't think it was a great film anymore.
0: You know, I'm really glad you say that because I'm kind of of the same opinion. Yet, I still think it's got a lot of value. Me, too. so that'll be like what I preface with of like, you know, this last watch through didn't hit me the way I remember it hitting me in the first place. But I, I will still highly recommend the film to me everybody.
1: Too. I would say like if you want a a nice romance, and I, I think we should also be upfront because you called you called it a romantic comedy when we were first talking about it i don't think it is do you think this is a romantic comedy cuz i i don't see it as such to me it's it's like almost a romantic period piece
0: well it definitely belongs in our podcast
1: sure but we we do romance films as well like this this it it, it, it hits the notes of a romantic comedy where it's it doesn't get too deep and dark um like there are times where it does but it it lives on a level where you're like hmm I can enjoy this and feel really happy about life at the end of it but it's more about the romance of how Juliette Benoche's magic and freedom of spirit affect this town rather than how do two people love each other and connect.
0: Yeah, I think what's important is the uh, a lot of it is a sensual mm, reinvigoration mm-hmm. of the town and I think Very that's much. why it belongs in the rom-com land because it's not it's not just any it's not like Pleasantville where it's like saying something like anthropologically and no, no. you know that I wouldn't really call Pleasantville a rom-com. But I would call this a rom com because there's so much capital R romance going on, but there's also this sensual romance. And a lot of the good deeds that's happening in this movie is she's pairing people up.
1: And it's kind of like Amelie in that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, she's like her first, like there's a lot of episodes in this movie. It's an episodic story. So her first. Victory is the middle-aged couple and she gets the chocolate nibs and that just drives them bananas sexually.
1: Sexually. <laughs> yes, it really does bring the husband's um he he has a a hard chocolate
0: nib um for his wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then you have the romance of the older couple of Leslie Caron, who, if you guys are wondering, are you trying to figure that who that is? That's the girl from an American in Paris. Yeah. That is the very extremely talented woman from an American in Paris. And
1: she has such a, such a like minute role. Mm -hmm. And, and she like lights up, like whenever she's on screen, you immediately like, I know you, I know Mm -hmm. you. And you're bringing like a lot to this very quiet moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she matches them up um and the actor who plays opposite her is the mad genius from war games oh so really i just wanted to illuminate <laughs> that a lot for you. like
1: a guy that used to be in a, a starbucks that was really close to yours in my house <laughs> then we got judy dench who is kind of like the miserly old um she is the salt of the earth that loves to drink and has a lot of spirit and gumption. And her daughter is all very prim and proper in 1950s. And uh, so she helps kind of like get the the grandchild of Judy Dench back into the chocolate shop. And But mm-hmm. basically what she does, I guess, you, you want to do a, a story here?
0: I Well, I just, I gave like two tenths of the story. I guess I can give you the other eight tenths. Thank you.
1: Basically... Throughout the. What are
0: you doing? You just asked me to tell a story.
1: Oh, I thought you wanted to give me. I thought you wanted to give me the ability to do the other tents.
0: Here, I'll give you like three or four more tents and then I'll take a couple more. Okay. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I, I ask you about love. You probably quote me a song.
1: I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the
0: end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not, it's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga.
1: End. So Juliette Benache shows up in this town, opens the Chocolaterie, and then proceeds to battle with the local mayor, who is Alfred Molina. Um, he's very church-oriented. And the Count, he's the Count. He's the Count, not like the Count of Monte Cristo, who's not a real Count. And they kind of butt heads over the fact that she's not religious. And he's like, well, that's horrible. Plus she's opening this chocolate shop up during Lent. And so that makes it hard for the town to stick to its uh, religious beliefs. And so it's kind of a battle between tradition, masculinity, like perseverance and restriction and stoicism versus Juliette Benache's kind of like freedom and intuition and uh, togetherness and like, acceptance I guess mm-hmm. yeah and sensuality like you said it's a very sensual film
0: yeah and one of the other big subplots is um the river folk come to yes. town just like Smeagol was of the river folk <laughs> and they're very Johnny Depp concerned is in
1: no way Smeagol in this film but yes. but
0: you know the same way that they were concerned with Gollum because he was of the river f- folk no you no, what Shire. are you talking about wasn't he of the river folks Smeagol? Didn't he come no he lived no, no. on the river? His, or no, his he grandmother lived he lived, lived on at the river. base of a mountain
1: really far away from the Shire way before like um Yeah,
0: but where'd he find the ring? He found In a river. he was
1: he was part of the river people, yes, yep. but Thank you. But he That's didn't what come they were worried anywhere. about. They he were
0: com- worried about Gollum no. coming to town.
1: Anybody who knows anything about Lord <laughs> of the Rings, settle down. I got this. <laughs> Anyway, no, I yes. know the difference. So Johnny they... Depp comes to town,
0: and I love that it's, it's just a couple years before Pirates of the Caribbean, and they make like four captain, pirate captain references in like 10 seconds. They do. They really do.
1: I bet he's the captain. What's a river at?
0: Is it like a pirate? Yeah, you could say that, yeah. You could. Have a look at my treasure chest. captain jack sparrow the pirates theme was just in my head the whole time i was like yeah i see you captain jack i see you johnny depp's like
1: "Mm, i like this
0: i wonder if i could do it on a larger scale (laughs) yeah i can just imagine him going to his agent he's like so just in this movie chocolate i like how johnny depp's like normal voice is european even though he's (laughs) (laughs) america and he's like i really enjoyed playing this role of the captain Johnny, you were the romantic subplot co-lead in this French film. Yes, I want to be the captain again. It's like, you weren't really a captain. Oh, captain. All right, I'll call Disney.
1: Have, have a drink for a while. Ooh, I like that accent. Mm, it's very good. What are you drinking, rum? Maybe we can make that a part of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, Johnny Depp, who is, uh, I think, probably at his... At, like this weird peak point for Johnny Depp where he is both extremely attractive, obviously an extremely talented actor, but he blends into this role in a way that it's hard to see him doing nowadays.
0: Yeah, maybe I saw this in high school because I had a friend who is obsessed with Johnny Depp. Um, And I mean obsessed. Well, not like stalker obsessed, but she wanted to see everything Johnny Depp was in. So I'm wondering if that's when I first... Saw it because it was such a romantic Johnny Depp movie. Because, my, my man, like, if you're a Johnny Depp fan, this is like your the movie you hold up of, like, why do you think Johnny Depp is hot? And you just hold up Chuck a Lot and you're like, hmm, good enough for you. Mm? <laughs> uh,
1: which is true. In this one, he is extremely tasty. And then, basically, at the end of the movie, what happens, Ray?
0: um The Count of Alfred Molina gets very... Of the estate Molina. <laughs> uh, comes to his wits end and tries to once and for all sabotage the Chocolaterie because he has lost the culture war of really the town. The town has really gone over to the side of Juliet Pinoche and they've kind of abandoned him or at least he feels that he's been abandoned for the chocolate chop. So in a last-ditch effort to destroy her... He breaks into the chocolatery, and he destroys her chocolate display that is really wonderfully rendered into these beautiful chocolate statues. But a fleck of chocolate reaches the Count of Molina's lips. He takes a little lip, lift, takes a little taste, and finds himself utterly gorging on this chocolate. And his repression gets the best of him. And he has a chocolate coma.
1: He Yeah, he he has a spike of chocolate because he's, he's also been repressing himself for a long time. And so I, what this reminded me of was if you ever have like frostbite, you're supposed to, or like extremely cold hands, you don't want to dunk them in hot water as soon as you get back. Mm. You want to like put it under like lukewarm water and slowly let them warm up and slowly, mm. very slowly, like ease yourself into hot water. Alfred yeah. Molina went from... Like rolling around in the snow for five hours to jumping in a scalding pot of boiling water.
0: But it felt so good.
1: Well, I'm sure he didn't the next day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of he he a uh, chocolate hangover. yeah. Uh, but what do you think it's he really. Gave him? was
1: that just like a like an alka seltzer
0: Drink this. I, you know, what What it comes down to is this movie is about indulgence and repression and how too much of either can be bad for the soul, but a moderate life can lead to something prosperous. Um, and the Count of Molina is... I, I got to stop calling that because they're like, yeah, I guess he played the character the Count of Molina. <laughs> I don't want to confuse people. Um, but, you know, the Count is this, like, it's kind of, would you call this an allegory? Yes. Yeah, the allegory is this is what repression is. He is repression, and when you are just completely consumed by repression, then it will just lead to unhappiness and misery, and what is misery, love, company. So he wants everyone else to be repressed with him because that's the only way he can feel comfortable with himself.
1: And this is a really cool movie because um, it... It, without beating you over the head with it like it does a little bit with the um the daughter's narration when they first start talking about the town and she's just like this town was like this and it's always been like this um but i think the filmmaking pretty much covers that you basically have this little town that is really repressed because its leaders are very repressed mm-hmm. and that really poisons the town like um Josephine who is married Josephine. To, su- to the, to the ch- bad
0: guy from Fargo Mm-hmm. To, yes,
1: <laughs> Serge. Um, she she is extremely repressed because she she's in this town where nobody will like allow her to leave an abusive marriage, and she doesn't know how to leave. Let alone doesn't have like no one. No one is giving her the strength, or it's all been taken from her. Or it's it's just she's she's stuck in this life that she's in. And mm-hmm. then J- Julia Benash basically helps her and approaches her very directly. And um, we'll talk more about that when we get into it. But like, there's so many parts of this town that are just very sensually and sexually repressed. And that comes kind of from the top down, this movie is saying. And when you are when you are that repressed, there needs to be an outlet of some kind. And all of them beforehand are kind of poisonous and all of them after Juliette Binoche are healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. It's also kind of a, true to being a period piece about leaving behind the, and this is more of an American idea, but leaving behind the squeaky clean lifestyle of the 50s and starting to embrace a more personal, more honest you, even if that can be kind of scary sometimes. Yeah. Because, you know, the 1950s is all about that I love Lucy, just perfect domestic lifestyle and what people realized is that they were kind of burying their personalities with that domesticity and this chocolate is a way for them to open their selves up again back to the passions that were them were were them before and so they're opening themselves up again
1: yeah or or that they had never been allowed to have because like the Serge character when at one point in time. In order to get revenge on the river people and by proxy his wife um he lights the boats on fire and alfred molina is like you have to leave the town how why did you do this and is like where am i gonna go this is my hometown Mm -hmm. and it really made me realize that like all of these people had they might have had more personality at one point in time a little bit more love a little bit more life a little bit more vigor before alfred molina became the mayor but also like Like how long has this town been like this, right? Um, And I think it's like we don't really get too much of it, but this is basically 1960, yeah. uh, Because they say it's 15 years after the war, yeah. So maybe it was just like post-war kind of trying to figure out who's in charge or what. I don't know. We don't. They don't. Doesn't really go into that, but yeah.
0: No, I think you're right because it does exist as a like. If you want to dig into it, it will all make sense that the count said he had been there like all his life and like he had, I don't, I can't remember how long he was mayor for, but I like to think of it as this has been going on since post-war since 1945.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's how I thought of it too.
0: Yeah. But this movie, I think
1: I, my favorite thing about it was the production design and the color. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this, this, Town is very they dress it up in really drab, quiet, cold colors. Everything's very earth-tony. And as soon as Juliette Benache comes in, she comes in like Little Red Riding Hood with her daughter, where they're both wearing these red cloaks and everything she wears is more colorful. And all Mm -hmm. the people who come into her shop start kind of exploring that color palette more and more throughout the film. Mm -hmm. And Just even like the color correction on the film just gets more and more colorful as the town opens up, which is really fun. I liked that. And then her chocolate shop is amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a damn good looking film. Um, So we will give them that. That it looks like a town that you would want to... Like, when you think of, like, oh, I wish I could just run away to Europe and just be in a small village where I could write all day. This is that village. This is that mm. town. And I would go downstairs to my little chocolate shop and I would grab my little chocolate nibs and... Uh, mm. da,
1: da. Then obviously go home and have sex because <laughs> those nibs are dangerous. <laughs> um, uh, let's let's really get into Juliette Benoche's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her name again?
0: Uh, she is House Benoche of the Juliet.
1: This isn't, she's, and she's going to go fight the Lannisters pretty soon.
0: When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. Vianne.
1: Vianne. I don't really, do they say her name?
0: Not really. Just Chocolate Lady.
1: I want to talk about her because this time more than any other time watching this film, I, I didn't really get, I got a sense of what they did with her character. And it was good for the most part, but there were so many times in this film, especially in the first part where I was just like, I don't, I don't really know who or what you are. Um, she is
0: sensuality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, in in that way, she, it's kind of like a fairy tale where mm-hmm. she's embodying a spirit of a kind because we get this whole backstory story, which I felt was really interesting where her grandfather like traveled from Europe to, somewhere in the Mayan empire um, <laughs> and <laughs> basically learned about chocolate and uh, married somebody from there who always had to go where the North wind told them. And so they're kind of a wanderer. And so that was her, her mom. And so Juliet Binoche has been living this wandering life where she just brings chocolate to different parts of the world, which is a really fascinating and really interesting character. And I love that aspect of her. Um, you don't really know in the movie whether it's magic or just like this, this hint of, of extra perceptual intuition or what that, like, cause like it's, it's, um, it's like when she, when anybody walks into her shop and she spins the old tablet. What do you see?
0: I see teeth. I see blood. And a skull. Very dark,
1: bitter chocolate. That's your favorite. And based on what they say, she picks them out their favorite chocolate. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's kind of magic, kind of not magic. But what what really threw me off about her character this time was, like, she'd like lay back in the cut and be like really reserved. Or, like when she was dealing with Josephine, she would walk past everybody and go in the back and be like, I have to approach you. I have to like help you out of your life. Josephine, hello, what do you want? You forgot this, what do you want? To be your friend.
0: I don't have friends, does Serge know you're here? Does it matter?
1: when Alfred Molina and, and she was just very intent, but very measured. But then when Alfred Molina pissed her off the first time, she like ran into his office and like yelled at him and then like hit a statue and then went back into her place. And I don't know, like uh, to me this time, I think Juliette Benoche is a great actor. I think I really like what she does a lot in this, this role, but there just seemed to be a lot that was all over the place for me this time. How did you feel?
0: Um, didn't stick out to me. And it makes sense because there are moments where it would be wise of her to stay in the background. And then there are other moments where she needs to spring like a cat, like a kitty cat. (laughs) And that's when she needs to be territorial or protective. But when like she has, it seems to me that she has enough experience where she's been in towns like this before. And she has learned her lesson to not be over, overexerting her newness to the town and just kind of letting the people come to her rather than her stepping on any toes. Uh-huh. So that all
1: made sense to me.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Problem solved. Well, no.
1: I, I still feel the way I feel, I guess, but, um, I really liked when Johnny Depp, she couldn't pick what Johnny Depp liked because yeah. she could pick it out for everybody else. Uh, and then Johnny Depp's like, you know,
0: not my favorite. I'm, I'm a I'm a little hard to pin down because he's a traveler. So with the women folk back in the day, were you were you kind of a tease like that where like hmm, not like my who? favorite. Like Rue. Where No, I don't think
1: so Johnny Depp character Rue. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's a tease at all. I think a uh,
0: he's a tease, but what is it? He's uh
1: I think both of them kind of recognize in each other that they're there are these powerful outsiders that have strong personalities. Um, and he's just like, you know what? You're not going to just figure me out like you're going to figure out all these townspeople. And um, I think, I don't know, That's that's why I'm like, is this magic or not? And like, is Johnny Depp magic or not? <laughs> like, why doesn't it work on him?
0: Well, but the magic does seem to operate off of wind. And the wind brings Rue to the town in the first place. Uh-huh. So he is a part of the magic, okay, what is the magic here is it's is a sh- he a is it the airbenders <laughs> no? Okay. no 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 no, no magic okay. the movie doesn't want you to think about that yeah okay and here's here's where my issue with the film lies, and it's not that big of a deal, but the movie is very i would call it easy listening of a movie, you know, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean it felt like like we had this station back in Spokane, ninety eight point one um easy rock. And where it's not like, you know, easy smooth jazz or something, but it's it's something that you can listen to with your parents and it's something who it's like, I get what this song's about. Yeah, all right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the the metaphor I came up with is you're going for a walk with your family and it's a really nice lovely country walk where you're walking through the woods and there's hills and stuff and you're going and you're going and then suddenly no one's with you anymore and you turn around and your parents are going at this super slow pace and you're like why are we going so slow and they're like slow down your grandma can't walk that fast and you're like yes. Okay, and like the story is very pleasant, and it's very it's a very nice walk. But since we're trying to slow it down for Grandma, we can't get too far ahead of ourselves and we can't get too fast and we can't get too dense because then it's too much, and it's not as enjoyable.
1: Yeah, it's like from the very beginning, we all knew that Alpha Melina would be a good guy in the end.
0: yeah. um, and like, and younger people okay. watching along are just kind of gonna nod along of like, okay. I can go this pace. And some, some days you really do want a really easy stroll and you do, you're just too tired and you don't want to walk too much. But there are other days, like when we watched this the other night, it was just kind of like, I could use a little bit more to work with here. <laughs> Cause it's, it yeah. is the, the story is very surface level. And again, there's like, nothing wrong with that. It's just, no. Uh,
1: but okay. I think this is what you're pointing out right now actually comes to a head with what I was talking about, um, about, Vivian? No, what's her name? Vian? Vian! Vian. Um, also, I th- is it chocolatier? Wrong, sir! Wrong!
0: I don't know. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, Judy Dench, who is fantastic always and especially in this movie. I think she, for me, she, I mean, she was nominated for an Academy Award very deservedly for mm. this role. Uh, like, she doesn't have a ton to do necessarily, but she acts the shit out of it, like always. Mm-hmm. She says at one point in time, who the hell are you? <laughs> um, and that's kind of what I felt about Juliette Benoche's character because, and, and not necessarily the character itself, because she's basically a force of nature coming into this town. And I like that about her, but there's this really beautiful relationship that she has with Josephine, right? where Josephine is the character who is being um, beaten by her husband. And as she's described by another um, person in the town, she walks at the beat of her own drum or something like that. Josephine Muscat. She waltzes to her own tune. Mm -hmm. where she's just a little manic all the time and she's manic because she's in an abusive horrible relationship and I mean I've I've been in a relationship like that before you don't act like yourself and that's all good but (sighs) Juliette Binoche like busts in the door like like the way that they write those scenes and their dialogue together it it was like they were spelling out everything for me Mm -hmm. in a, it's hard to describe. Like if you watch the scene with her in the back of the bar with um, Josephine or when she finally leaves her husband and she comes in, what, what kind of makes me feel weird about this is I like those scenes and I like what they're saying. And I even like the acting in them, but the writing itself was Really just kind of basic. Yeah. yeah. And
0: it's like on this walk, we'll extend the metaphor. It's like you're on this walk and there's these big signs where it's like, to your right are a bunch of trees. Where it's like, I it's know. Like I saw them. Yeah, I can thank see you. <laughs> the trees right here. And then your grandma comes up right behind you. She's like, oh, look, trees. Jeez. and you're like grandma, exactly grandma I, I didn't right there <laughs> i wasn't necessarily on
1: board with this metaphor when you first started i was like where is he going with this but it's it's really got some legs
0: uh nothing against my grandma because she's actually way more story literate than i am and she's like a huge sci-fi nerd and she's not like wait person. really yeah is it is it grandma graves uh uh grandma freeman Oh. Uh, yeah she, yeah so uh i am not putting down all grandmas <clears throat> but in my metaphor <laughs> not all grandmas <laughs> In my metaphor, it's when you're with that kind of grandma that needs things spelled out and slowed down, which is why it works on such a broad scale. But since it works only on a broad scale, it's kind of disappointing for us younger people who are just kind of like, uh-huh, what else you I got?
1: Know. But I think, I think to a point, but when I watched this in college, I was just like, yeah, romance this is exactly what I need. And maybe it's because in college I was... I was looking for romance so badly and uh, like this movie is filled with like really cool relationships between women. And it's got like such a diverse kind of like crew of characters. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's kind of got their own little story and that's really fun. But this time it just didn't hit me the same.
0: Well, I think it's because it's still a well-written story. Like let's give it the it's credit. It's a good story. Yeah, it's yeah. it's got a lot going on. There's just not a lot to it, and that's okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah, like we're both like, true. Um, which, which so not to good. spoil it, but I'm I'm we haven't even done this bit in a couple of weeks, but I'm gonna firmly put this in the mid tier of um of mm-hmm. rom coms romances. It's it's one that I don't think is a great film, nor do I think it's something that you should just like only put on when you're doing something else. I think it's like yeah. that thing that you watch every once in a while when you want to feel happy and really you shouldn't watch this movie without chocolate ugh. because what was wrong with me? I didn't have
0: that. any chocolate it, when I was watching it. That. Ugh,
1: big mistake. I like that Johnny Depp is from Ireland in this because I don't, I don't know where this is set. I think it, it looked like Brittany, but I don't know. Um, and You know, you can access Brittany from the coast, which is cool. But like last time I was traveling in France, there was a bunch of like Irish influenced places that we were at. Uh, But like, so did he go,
0: did he start in Ireland on his little riverboat and made it all the way down to where they are?
1: Yeah, sure. You can like the, the Thames isn't
0: like too crazy. I'm sure you could figure that out. Yeah. Good on you. You know who they should have cast instead of Johnny Depp? it would have been equally effective. Colin Farrell. Yep. Yes. And I was just sitting there I'm like why am I not looking at Colin Farrell? Well, that's for me to decide, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I I I wouldn't technically recast Johnny Depp cuz he wasn't doing a ton in this movie. Um but he he played that part really well, but Colin Farrell would have been good.
0: He would have been a little bit too intense though, I think. In 2000 oh, maybe. Colin Farrell had an intensity That's true. That's when he
1: did the recruit. Yeah. (laughs) No, I don't know when that was actually. But Johnny, Johnny at one point in time has like this cool makeout slash sexy boat that he takes (laughs) um, Juliette Binoche on. And I was really disappointed when they didn't get to, you know, finish the deed because of the fire. Like that was a, that was a sweet moment in a movie where Juliette Binoche doesn't get like a ton of personal wins. Mm. Didn't they? Didn't they
0: have enough time to have some no. action?
1: No, I think they. Well, maybe. Well, I don't know it because they
0: were afloat, and then they were, they afloat, they were talking. Then cuts, and then he started kissing her he when starts, she started he crying. He starts kissing her,
1: and then we cut to the boat, and then all of a sudden, the boat
0: they're like, is docked at that point. So I took it as two characters are in a room. We close the door on them, and we are to assume. Hmm.
1: Uh, it was, it was a, did they, or didn't they moment?
0: <laughs> no, no, they totally, I think they were, they met they were, the wind and they, flew. no, they were,
1: they were rounding the bases in my mind. <laughs> and that's why Johnny Depp, that's why he saw his pants
0: on and he, he just was like getting puts on, his pants on because he was done.
1: <laughs> no, that's not how you, you don't dress on the ground when you're, um, <laughs> when you're in a boat. And you're in France. That's not how you do it. I don't know. I've never up.
0: done it on a boat, so I don't know what the rules are.
1: Well, I wouldn't stand up on a on a small boat, but that boat you can stand up on.
0: It was a cool boat.
1: Those those boats, those river boats, are super cool. I, it made me
0: want to go boating. This
1: movie wanted made me want to go back to France.
0: Yeah, that was <laughs> like, the problem. Is that these river folk came over and was like, "Cool river folk," and the towns like, "Oh no, river folk." I'm like, guys, what's wrong with river folk? Hey, hey river people. We're not river people. You're not. Well, then what kind of people are you?
1: Just people. Aren't we all, brother? Whew. Well, I mean, it's the same thing that people um, had against um, Romanians, uh, a.k.a. what they would have called gypsies. Um, so I and the like, first time these, I watched this, basic, I thought they were gypsies.
0: These are basically like pikeys. Um They play gypsy jazz. So <laughs> Is that what you call it? <laughs> I think so. Is that the correct... I've always known it as Gypsy Jazz of this Django Reinhardt kind of like. Um, uh, no, no, no. There, there is a there is a musician who was Romanian who played music like this that popularized it. Who am I thinking oh, of? Okay. Uh, I don't know. I gotta find this. I gotta. I've gotta find this to back up my claim. Okay. let's pause. Uh, well, according to Wikipedia, Gypsy Jazz popularized. Oh. No, Django Reinhardt was Romani. So that's why it's called that. Cause it's Django Reinhardt. I so they play I'm pretty sure one of the tracks is um written by Django Reinhardt. So I always took them oh, as okay. gypsies. Um but I I'm very historically ignorant on the gypsies and Romanian people, so I just yeah, had some. Hate, don't
1: don't hate us for using the word right now where um <laughs> It, it I think it's mainly a pre, like kind of more of a pre, looked at as more of a pejorative these days. Yeah. Brian, let's talk about let's talk about chocolate. Let's talk about the meal that they have cuz they give Judy Dench a 70th birthday party, right? Mhm. And we find out partway through that Carrie Ann Moss who is The least french person in this film um but still plays a good role she is uh, judy dench is diabetic and that's why carrie-ann moss isn't talking to her anymore because she's not going to like this um, nursing home that carrie-ann moss (laughs) wants her to um and they have the 70th birthday and it's it's beautiful but they start putting chocolate sauce that's kind of like i guess the french equivalent to a mole Because they just came from the Andalusia as well, which I think is in Spain. So maybe they, oh wait, but mole is Mexican? I don't know. Yes, it is. What's your main
0: point (laughs) you're getting (laughs) My main
1: point is why would you put chocolate sauce on either chicken or they had shrimp at that table. I want to hope it's not on shrimp. Maybe it's balsamic vinaigrette. It's chocolate, though. You saw him <laughs> making it. <laughs> I mean, it could be good. I don't know. I would try it for sure. But it was just like they were—they were doing that very French indulgent thing where they're like, oh, "Look how sensually delicious each bite of chicken and chocolate is."
0: So when you were at um, when you were at Living Room, did you, you do you remember working with Hugh in the in the kitchen?
1: Yeah, Living Room was the theater that Ryan and I used to work at.
0: So I'm pretty sure he tricked me into eating like a cup of um, balsamic vinaigrette thinking it was chocolate sauce. I'm pretty sure he did that to me. That's not the worst thing. No, it it was a very, he also tried, but I was saw through it. He tried to make me eat an espresso, you know, that espresso discharge when you pull a shot and you have that like cake looking thing of the espresso grounds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He tried to get me to think it was a little chocolate cake. And he put dangerous. He put like whipped cream on it. And he's like, "Eh?" and I saw right through. I was like, not again. You tricked me once. you made me eat balsamic vinaigrette thinking it was chocolate. I'm not going to do it again. I know where, where he works these days. Maybe we can do something to him. Uh, (laughs) Um, So that's why I'm wondering it could have been balsamic vinaigrette. It could have been something else. I don't care. Now here's, (laughs) here's my other issue with movies like this and it's entirely not the movie's fault. I do not care for food movies. Um, sorry
1: yes you do some of our favorite movies are the trips
0: yeah but those those shots are meaningless to me okay and I'm just entertained by it because the Trip... Okay, so everybody, the Trip movies are... Go
1: see the Trip movies. They're freaking great.
0: They're a series of movies with Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden, and it's about two men... Romantic comedies. Romantic comedies, two men, middle-aged, who kind of like each other, kind of hate each kind other. hate each other. They're rivals, and they kind of want to one-up each other as funny people. Come, Tom, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come come, Mr. Bond, you get dressed as much as i
1: kidding as I am saying that bit. All right, no, I'm just saying Just don't... I caricature, try and do it real. Come on, Mr. Bond.
0: Shut up, don't tell me how to act. I,
1: well, I bloody should do. Why? Because sometimes you tend to sort of, you know, crank it up a bit. You yeah, Turn the you under. are widely regarded as
0: the king of understatement.
1: All right, I'll do it like this. Come, come Mr. Bond, Do you get dressed as much as... If come, I come, get the lines right, oh, right. As, a, as, a, as a rule, it's okay. more effective if you okay. if you don't okay. fluff the Okay, line. But I'll deliver it with a nice bit of understatement.
0: And so the trip is that these movies are about these two guys who go on these uh, restaurant tours, whether it's through the north of England or through Spain or through Greece or through, I think, France is the other one. And they they're on assignment to kind of review these restaurants. But along the way, they have this banter that's just hilarious. These are some of the funniest movies ever made. Um, So go check those out. But a lot of the shots in those movies are it's very foodie driven where it's just like Look at because this they're em- going to
1: review all these restaurants yeah
0: and it's basically if you took chef's table from netflix and you threw comedians into chef's table that's what you would yeah. have with the trip and like sarah loves shows like chef's table and i'm just kind of like cool a i'm never going to eat that ever uh b i have like a notoriously poor palate i just i'm not very good at detecting taste and so the things i like are really sharp like I like good cocktails and I like good coffee drinks, but I can't detect subtlety. So anything that's like very well crafted foodie stuff, I'm just like, it'll be completely lost on me. I'm sorry, don't bother. Yeah, this is chocolate,
1: man. Some nice dark chocolate. Yeah, so
0: chocolate is close enough where I'm just like, yeah, that looks good.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) that hot chocolate looked so delicious when they were pouring it. It's so thick. That's my favorite kind of hot chocolate.
0: Yeah, but this definitely belongs in the genre of the foodie genre. It does. I'm just not, I don't show up to that. Sorry.
1: No, I get it. I I, I enjoy watching um, things. I, I enjoy watching food. I guess it's not it's not one of my preferred genres, but I get that. I get why that would be boring ish. Yeah, or uh, unattachable. It's kind of food porn,
0: um, and I don't. I, do you understand why people like watching? Sarah's gonna kill me. She's like, you did you not enjoy watching all of Chef's Table with me? It's like, no, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. What I like about those shows is like the genius of the chefs. And I think this movie is the same thing. Whereas she Juliet there's, there's a personality behind the chocolate. And I think that's really cool. Yeah,
1: I love that. I, Cause I love how she can like each of these pieces of chocolate that she's making. It's not only an art, it's also something that she cares about, but there's like a magic to what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And I love that about her character and the chocolate itself. Like um, if you like, give me a miracle Max's pill any day. <laughs> That's a
0: miracle, pill. The chocolate coating makes it go down easier, but you have to wait 15 minutes for full potency. And you shouldn't go on swimming after for at least what? An, an hour. Yeah, an a hour. Good hour. Yeah, and I think that's what's good about this allegorical storytelling is that chocolate is a metaphor. Is that is that you know when my hand's on your grease gun? That's very sus.: It's isn't a it? metaphor, Brian. It's just
1: a bit weird, Roger. What exactly are you doing with that
0: car? Cause you know, you, you eat your salads and you eat, you know, you do what's right. It's primitive and proper chocolate doesn't bring anything necessary to the table. You don't need chocolate to live
1: ah or do you? Ah, because it's the joy of life exactly. that you're missing out on if you don't have chocolate. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And, and that's the problem with uh, too much repression. Uh, it just uh, leads to, you're missing something. You're, you're, I, you're, you're not living a full life.
1: And just to bring it kind of back to like our podcast and why we're doing it here, we have this, this lack of romance that is brought in uh, to conflict with chocolate, like as you're saying, as an allegory for like, it's, it's almost something, it's not, preternatural isn't the word I'm looking for, but it's, it's something raw and visceral and it's part of the earth, right? It's Mm -hmm. something that... It's almost exoticized um, in this film as being something magical that can change a world around. And I think this genre in and of itself um, exists and is marketed towards women more so than it is towards men. Because a lot of times, especially in American society, women are looked at as being the ones who are more sensual or more, more vulnerably open with their... Um, emotions than men are, and this is like this comes directly from especially the 1950s, and so as having this movie set during that time period was really interesting because it it allows all of these characters to kind of find that that wonderful romanticism inside each of them, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. brings everybody to more of an equal footing. And Johnny Depp is like kind of the masculine version of that in this film.
0: Yeah. When's the last time you read some Hemingway?
1: I think uh, three or four years ago.
0: I started rereading his short stories um, just to kind of get back into, I really like the patter of his dialogue. Um, but I started reading his short stories and I started with um, The Short Happy Life of Francis McComber.
1: Oh, that's such a good
0: story. Um, that's what I thought. And then I reread it and I was like, oh, no. this feels problematic to me. And I actually changed my mind again and it's not problematic. But while you're reading it, it does feel like Hemingway is making a case for his tradition of masculinity of power and toughness and cowardice is a like fatal flaw and is not allowed in the masculine realm. And the masculine Just ideal because is Francis Macumber
1: is shot that he's, he's a coward he's being brave when he is. I, I guess so. But he was yes he was was, that's part of his
0: character development he's he at first is a coward and the story is basically like look at this coward like look at this not a man like and the hunter is like look at this real man who's a hunter and is powerful and all these things i'm just like this just feels what we're now trying to disassemble like you and i with a podcast like this of like that's not masculinity masculinity isn't like power it's not about toughness it's about lots of other like yeah power is part of it but it's also me being vulnerable and being open and honest well and i i
1: can i actually have something really okay. important to say on that okay. um i was thinking a lot about this because you've been watching miyazaki films recently yeah and yeah, uh, in in my opinion miyazaki is one of the greatest proponents of romance alongside masculinity mm-hmm um uh, because if you take a character like Ashitaka from Princess Mononoke yeah he is extremely he is able to take pain and persevere with um like kind of this very masculine strength but not in a way that has any bravado to it but just in a way that is helpful and supportive
0: and he and, he's outclassed in terms of toughness by Mononoke
1: or at least uh, in terms of um ferocity yeah yeah. um yeah and and wildness um and I, I think miyazaki is a really good place to start if you're if you're ever looking for those male characters who have a sense of vulnerability yet have um like masculinity is something that obviously exists on a spectrum um but I really like the the kinds that he encapsulates in his characters in his films yeah
0: and i also want to be the dad um from my neighbor my neighbor totro i want to be that oh, yeah. dad i think that's a great <laughs> portrait of dadhood
1: yeah of it, it really is thanking
0: the trees and all that but, but what i realized when i finished the story is like okay okay maybe maybe he's not trying to actually talk about masculinity maybe he's just trying to talk about power um and perhaps Maybe he's just taking a broader view and maybe we misread him and started applying this masculine ideal to it because the powerful characters tended to be men. But in that story, it's actually the woman is the strongest one.
1: I don't know. Cause like I, she is, um, I, I always thought that, especially in his short stories, um, Hemingway seemed to be taking the piss out of people who were, who were trying to be masculine like Francis MacCumber is at the end of the story trying to prove how tough he is, right? Yeah. And it's the same way, uh, The Snows of Kilimanjaro, where we have this character who's, uh, has gangrene, I believe. Yep. He's dying of gangrene. And he, he had opportunities to <laughs> basically survive, but he decided to tough it out. And again, I haven't read this story for a long time, but I feel like all the characters that, end up dying in his stories if they're not like an ulterior character die because of the hubris of masculinity.
0: Yeah. And I, I'd like to, maybe we'll do a future episode on some Hemingway, maybe a farewell to arms. Cause there's a romance in that. Um, <clears throat> but kind of re I, I think <laughs> I'll bring this back around to Chuck a lot. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> this is welcome to Hemingway Diversions. <laughs> it was a fight, but I think that's why Hemingway has survived so far in the canon is that maybe he's toxic masculinity, you know, or maybe he has been a cause of it or maybe none of it. Maybe there's something else to it. And I think it's, it's good to take the Hemingway stories in our life and also what you were saying, the Miyazaki's and uh, these soft films like Chocolat and like, A a, a true, like, masculine hero is is a composite of all these different things. And
1: and by soft, I know you're not meaning, like, um, delicate. You're, because it's, like, it is... No,
0: I mean, pudgy like Alfred Molina's little tummy.
1: But it is one that allows itself to be soft with other characters' emotions.
0: Yeah, and I think it's, you know... Okay, let me start bringing this around to Chuck a lot. it's interesting that this movie feels so um, soft and feminine... But it's directed by Loss Hallstrom, who uh, has directed some really important art house films like My Life as a Dog, but has also done like Nicholas Sparks movies. And it's so not surprising. If I was a Nicholas Sparks producer, he
1: did What's Eating Gilbert Grape, right? He also did
0: What's Eating Gilbert Grape. So yeah. he's done some very powerful dramas, but he's also done some very softball romance movies. And the Nicholas Sparks people, like, of course, he's like the most beautiful director you could ask for. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just interesting of like when you talk about, you know, the man's man's like they can make movies like this that's just tender and beautiful. And
1: and, and I think that's that's like the thing that I, I hope that we're learning as an industry right now um, where like there's there's women like Catherine Bigelow who get male relationships more than most men do most of the time yeah and then there's someone like joe wright who gets female relationships really well
0: yeah and he doesn't get yeah. peter pan at all <laughs> which which peter pan did you do he did that movie pan with um wolverine as hook with um hugh jackman as hook and i watched 10 minutes of that movie and i was like what the heck is this pan pan uh, there's pan there's the peter pan There's the Peter Pan
1: one that was made in like 2005. No,
0: this was this was like 2012
1: or 2013. Oh yeah, I didn't. Oh, I remember that one though. That was a CGI nightmare, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: So I also want to give a shout out to a beautiful soundtrack by Rachel Portman.
1: Oh my gosh, Rachel Portman blows my socks off. mixture of piano and strings is just i i I listen to her music probably once a week and it was so good i i don't care for the french stuff like the django reinhardt like Mm -hmm. do 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 yeah do 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 that's fine and you know you got to be in a mood for it but like rachel portman's scores are some of my favorite
0: yeah, I like listening to that. I like listening to the other Lost Hallström partnership they did was uh, Cider House Rules. I don't really care yes. for the movie, but the soundtrack is... a soundtrack is great. ...wonderful, and it's really good writing music, and... We both have that on our writing playlist. Yeah, and I just wonder, it's a strange thing. Where are all the women composers? Why aren't there more? I
1: think about that all the time. I actually wrote to Jessica Curry, who's an English... I believe she's an English composer um, who writes for video games, and I... When I found her, I was like, oh, cool, another female composer. And it was also really good, which made me very happy. But there's not a lot of them out there that I know about. And so that's kind of what I've been trying to educate myself on last year.
0: It's really bizarre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a, been a lot of talk about equalizing the director field for women, um, which is great, but it's just kind of like, why aren't I wish... There were more female composers. i I want more Rachel Portman's,
1: <laughs> and there could be there could be that we just don't know about because they haven't been hired on the films that we've listened to. And you know, that's that's slowly changing, but we we will we'll see
0: how that goes. we'll
1: We'll try to be uh, <laughs> avatars of that in in our own work. Avatars isn't the right word, but you know what I'm saying, yeah.
0: and i I think um, it'll be interesting. I want to run into more movies where we'll see plot lines and kind of ask why did a man th- have the qualification qualification to tell this story this feels much more female driven and i i think that's also been slowly starting to be fixed because i just watched uh, something's got to give which is directed written directed by nancy myers and she was partnered with um charles shire who did father the bride right so the Father of the Bride movies are really focused on George. Like that's really mm-hmm. the focus of that. But um, something's gotta give. It's Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton, but it's really Diane Keaton's story. And I think that's precisely because Nancy Myers made her avatar be Diane Keaton and just kind of wrote herself into the story and just it was it's a very auteur driven movie. Sure. Um and this movie I, feels kind of even though Juliette Binoche is the main character, it feels so even-handed yeah because it's not really about those gender-driven things the way they are and something's got to give or father the bride this just feels like a more open-ended you know which i like
1: which you have something like uh, since we brought him up earlier joe wright and pride and prejudice um he focuses more on elizabeth because she is the main character um but he he gives all of his characters a very even hand and mm-hmm. this is something that we talk about a lot um, when it happens, when a director is able to come into a story and say, all of these characters matter, and I can get on their level. And um, I I don't know, I I, I saw the, um, the most recent Little Women that Greta Gerwig did, mm-hmm. and I, I thought it was good. It, it wasn't my favorite of the Little Women, but it was good. But... Having having had it done by Greta Gerwig, the, the thing that I loved about it was how inside the heads of the characters we did get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't like some of the filmmaking things, but that's neither here nor there to this conversation. Um, it, so it was cool seeing a f- woman direct that story. That being said, I think our point still stands that it's kind of beautiful when a female director or a male director gets... Um, opposites so well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that'll be something that we can just like look at and kind of study throughout this project. Yeah. Uh, um. um, um uh, hey, is there anything you'd change about this movie?
0: You write your first draft with your heart. And you rewrite with your head. I would just give the writer two more weeks and i would just say keep going and just yeah, me too give it another pass and just see where you cuz one of the other things i was disappointed by is trinity from the matrix
1: dodge this she doesn't ha- like her arc changes
0: her arc doesn't make sense she yeah, it has doesn't no make sense. reason and you have to bring the reason to the movie where judy dench dies And after she meets with um, Lena Olin's character, um, her... uh, Josephine. Josephine.
1: Yeah. Basically, there's a scene cut from this movie where Josephine, who's been, like, running the chocolaterie, knows that uh, Juliette Binoche is leaving town. And so she runs for some reason to find Carrie-Anne Moss, uh, Caroline, um, and is like, hey, you have to help me. And then we cut to later are uh, helping. B- <laughs> yeah, Juliette Banache going downstairs and there's like eight people from the town helping make chocolate in this show, which the scene is good, but there's no, we, we, we're we missing like D, E, and F before we get to G there. Because,
0: like yeah, they got the count right where they showed his whole arc where he got to this breaking point and had this, you know, uh, comeuppance or whatever you want to call it. And that was fully written, but you had a couple key characters where they were of the same like arc of like they had a lot of different issues that needed to like you know hit a breaking point and it never hit the breaking point. Suddenly they just switched sides. It's either a problem with the writing
1: or it was cut because the movie got too long. I'm I'm not sure which, but um that's my last note. What was Carrie anne Moss's arc?
0: <laughs> yeah. And my headcanon is well, my mom just died. She died not having a great relationship with me. If I'm going to keep going like this, the same thing's going to happen with my son, and I'll not have a relationship with him either. So yeah, maybe I should yeah. change my tune.
1: Yeah, and we saw her kind of already there when she was fixing up her dead husband's bike for him, but could have been better. Um, Ryan, yeah.
0: what Oscar are you giving this movie? Mm. Well... <sighs> What what does that mean? What time is it? <laughs> oh, <so> <laughs> <laughs> It is time for <clears throat> Ryan
1: and Kelly's Romcom Oscars.
0: You're either the guy from Limear or the guy from the Beast. Oh, yeah. Lumiere. Yeah. yeah. Um. uh oh man what am i gonna say what am i gonna say what am i gonna give it best molina
1: <sighs> okay <laughs> last time you gave a best kevin klein or not last time but a couple times ago uh-huh. um you really think this is going to be alfred molina's best work
0: yeah because i can't think of
1: Another time we'll run into
0: him. I'm, no, we will. There are several other films that he's I'm show I'm reserving out. that. I, I yeah. don't
1: think this is, is necessarily the best Melina.
0: Okay. I'm going with Best Melina. <laughs> it
1: sounds like a lazy Oscar to me. <laughs> but you know, what movie were we watching? So um, I, speaking of Melina though, I'd love to see him play a mob boss. I don't know if he ever does that, but like him in that big black coat with that mustache and the slick backed hair, I was like, you're you could be scary. Mm-hmm. Um I think I'm going to give this movie. Um, I I. I'm going to give this movie best Judy Dench.
0: What I can't do best, Melina. You're going to say best Judy Dench.
1: Well, because this was a for as small of a part as this was. This might be some of Judy Dench's best acting.
0: So you're saying she's better in Chocolat than she is in Pride and Prejudice? No, I'm not. Oh, you're right. Dang, <laughs> she's not.
1: Uh, she's really, but she has, it, it's a juicier role on the other side. I don't even know what I, like, I want to give this movie best boat. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, don't um, give it
0: best boat. There are a lot better boats out there.
1: Like, generally, I know exactly when I'm watching the movie what Oscar I'm going to give it um you know what <laughs> this is really lame but i'm just gonna say best chocolate <laughs> it was really good chocolate like i was well hungry that this counts whole movie. Willy
0: wonka out we can't watch that now now best food well that's definitely no not say, best say best, best chocolate say best chocolate
1: okay best chocolate it is and i know i know my answer to
0: the next one but i want to know if you do
1: who would you fall in love with
0: Juliet Binoche times a thousand. Okay. Tell me why. Um, Juliet Binoche has always been my f- European art house crush. Mine too. <laughs> um, she's in this movie called Blue, uh, which is by a filmmaker called named Krzysztof Kieślowski.
1: It's really good.
0: It's a wonderful drama. And it's one of the inspirations behind my film, Emily, which you made with me, um, starring Rachel. That was our guest last week, two weeks ago, Uh, two weeks ago. And, um, yeah, I've always been a little bit in love with Juliette Binoche, no matter what.
1: Yes. That makes sense. She is not only gorgeous, but extremely talented. And like, like I said, I had a couple problems with her character, but I, I can't fault her too much for that. Like that's me being very picky. Um, I'm going to say Johnny Depp in this film. Um, and I'm going to give it to him for one line. I mean, he he was great throughout this. <laughs> he couldn't dive. For somebody who lives on the river, when he jumps in the river after her, he just like throws himself- <laughs> Cannonball. <laughs> at the water. <laughs> and you'd think somebody like that could just dive like a fish, but apparently not. But he says, <clears throat> I'll
0: come around sometime, get that squeak out your door. <laughs>
1: when you and it's that, like I was the like, sexiest oh moment in any rom com that I've seen. Oh my! Like talk about an, an talk about a metaphor, Ryan. Talk about <laughs> talk about a euphemism. Um, and that was pretty sexy. And he's he can fix a door, and he's really nice, and he's you know he's just trying to survive in this town. He's trying to bring his his like friends like one of the little kids around, she has a tummy ache. And so he brings her around and they're looking for like something to help her tummy. And uh, it's just, it's just great. I, I mm-hmm. like Johnny Depp a lot in this movie.
0: Yeah. Um, can't blame you. Uh, runner up. We don't do runner ups often, but I'm going to give runner up to Lena Olin, who plays Josephine. Josephine. <laughs> um, who also has this kind of Genesequa European sultriness to her that i'm kind of uh wowed by
1: yeah and and she was good in this this movie like like i said i think i i just didn't i i think she played her part really well i just didn't like the writing around her scenes as much but um
0: do you get the sense that a lot of the scenes the way they played out you can imagine reading the novel version and yes where chapters Which this was based end? on a novel right and it felt so like like when uh, Serge comes by and tries to break in the door and all that <clears throat> when she knocks him over the head with the pan and she has a little one liner and they laughed and laughed and laughed. And I said, and the end of the chapter is now. And we would cut to the next scene. And it's like, <laughs> and I could just imagine this like easy reader. You know, this is the kind of novel that would fly off the shelves for, man, this feels so Guilty of me, I feel guilty saying this, but this is kind of like the middle age. Li- this is literature for like middle age people. I feel so classist <laughs> saying that. Like, yeah. I'm really sorry. That sounds really bad the way I say it. But no, you no, know what but I mean. But I,
1: I hear what you're saying. Like, if you're if you're choosing to, if you're choosing to read something that's a little little bit more poppy and a little less dense. Yeah, this is this is that
0: almost a beach read. <laughs> almost
1: sure. no no this i think this is a beach read um like for instance there's the line that josephine gives um at, when she finds out that juliette Benache is packing up and she says was it all a joke and that line doesn't make sense she she the actress pulls it off well and it's a well-delivered line but she's mad because she's leaving and she's like was everything you told me a joke and it's like <sighs> That line is nonsensical. It gets the emotion across, but it's nonsensical.
0: Mm-hmm. because
1: like the thing that she taught her was, you know, stand up and break away from something that's unhealthy for you. She didn't say like i I, I don't know why she said that, and so <laughs> it feels like something that somebody'd be like, "Yeah, I get what you mean there." and i don't need to think any harder about it but i unfortunately was thinking harder about it this week so yes. i am being classist
0: <laughs> well but let's let's look at the story at large and like what's the big message being driven home and it's this message of repression versus indulgence and you know too much of one can lead to the other um and that's kind of it everybody like the priest gives his <laughs> homily and he says like directly like Let's not talk about, like, who we exclude, but who we include. And let's not talk about how good we are by what we don't do, but what we do do.
1: And it's a great lesson, but it's like he's talking to the Sunday school, not the people in church.
0: (laughs) And, you know, I think there's always a place for that, no matter what. Yeah, me too. And, And, but it's just kind of like, it's, you're at the end of the walk and... (laughs) <laughs> the tour guide was like and we just walked you know such this beautiful loop did you see all the trees and did you see all the flowers and you're just like yeah can i go home now like the yeah, over. and then
1: the narrator who has a microphone in the background they're like and and that was me i was the daughter the whole time <laughs> right
0: but the priest it it it's so in line with what the movie was doing it's just like of course the priest is gonna give it like drive it all home of like in case you missed any of it this is the whole point of the story that you were you're experiencing
1: now, i thought um just before we move on i thought it was because there's a last lesson here at the end of the movie where juliette binoche has been like every single time she she comes to a town, she moves on because that's the way of her, her family. And at one point in time, she's been carrying around her mother's ashes for a while. And uh, the daughter spills them on the, or like the, they get spilled on the staircase and Juliette Benoche opens up this, um, these ashes to the wind and she lets the wind take them. And the narration is like, you know what? She's not going to move on to another town. That's going to be somebody else's problem. And, I I like that because I want Juliette Binoche to like take a break, but it was a weird message where it's just like, you know what? Just settle down. People (laughs) will take care of themselves.
0: (laughs) That's the thing about this movie. It's just kind of like, it looks really beautiful and poetic, but if you think about it, you're just kind of like, oh, well, that's just kind of almost arbitrary of a decision, like. It's not like she had been going from town to town and every time it was this dramatic, like, being thrown out, it was just kind of this wishy-washy, like, I feel the wind and I leave. Um, and then she's like, I felt the wind and decided not to leave. And it's like, is there any more to that? It's like, nope, that's just the reason. I mean, at one point in time, the daughter's like,
1: oh, it's happening just like last time. Or is it going to happen just like last? Which is like a little hint, I guess. Yeah,
0: but, and yeah. it's, you know, the the more practicality of it is that you know, her daughter is tired of being a nomad and she's like, can we stop being nomads? And that's kind of what it feels like. It's just kind of like, and then we decided to stop being nomads. I feel, I
1: feel like what it, what it should be is, oh, here, here's where we can rewrite the movie instead of it's somebody else's problem somewhere else say, you know what? There's a lot of good that you can still bring to a place when you're there. You don't have to say, I fixed a place and then leave. You can continually bring the goodness of who you are to some place on a more consistent basis. It's just a different way to live.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think what the movie does have that we should give it credit for is that ultimately she stays because she has found a family in the town. And because she doesn't know where else to find Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he can't find me if I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that was I did like that moment of Josephine getting the town together and like come make chocolate show show Julia Benoche that we love her and that's what happened but I didn't get a sense of did you not have that with the other towns and like did you sacrifice a family every time you left that you were leaving behind a kinship that we just witnessed every yeah. single time and
1: just because like that town was just not there at the exact right moment to make some chocolate with her
0: yeah and so it's just kind of like i need more reason for you to stay yeah i need a bigger more thematic more character-driven reason other than well these people are a good family now and yeah it felt like there was some history there that we weren't getting and it felt underdeveloped but again That's not what this movie is about. It's like, hey, man, this is just a movie about chocolate. What else do you want? (laughs)
1: Um, And the other thing that I really loved about this movie was um, you had a lot of different kinds of female relationships, which, you know, in in the movies that we've watched um, every once in a while, we'll get that. But um, this one really struck gold with that. And so that was like, the other unique thing, I but guess. But does it pass
0: the Bechdel test? Yeah. <laughs> does it? Uh, like hundred times it? over. Does yes. it? Yes. They talk about not a man? I feel like, Yes. I feel like a lot of the subplots involve trouble with a boy person. Ryan, let's just take Judy Dench's character, huh? What's her problem? She wants to connect to her grandson.
1: Yeah, but that's, that's one of her problems. But she's also somebody who has like snuck out and she was telling a story about like sneaking back into the house and having a conversation with her mom. And then she talked about her problems with Carrie and Moss, but and then, she snuck out to see a boy. Um, I, well, regardless of, uh, you're, you're searching for something here, but I can guarantee <laughs> you that like every other scene is like people talking, it, it passes the Bechdel test with flying colors.
0: Mm. Mm. I'll,
1: I guarantee you, do you want to like, we'll go to the Bechdel here. I'm going right now. I'm okay. gonna go to Bectoltest.com and I'll see how many times it passes.
0: I didn't there's a website? Yeah. Bectolt. Test. Test movie list. Yes. All right, let's check it out. I'm gonna say control. Like, I, I
1: feel like you weren't paying an enough attention. <laughs> no, I just started thinking about it. I don't see Chocolat in this list. Oh, list all movies. That's because these are like just new films.
0: Where do you see list all?
1: It's on the bottom. Oh my gosh, there's so many movies on here.
0: Just control F. Chocolat. Found it. It's got a green check mark. Click on the movie. The movie has passed three of three tests. Thank you.
1: Fine. So, not only... Like, and it's not just three times, that's just the three tests that they had to check. <laughs> um, I like going, I highly recommend you go to bechteltest.com if you're ever looking for a movie that that passes. Um, I'll have to say also I, uh, so I have my screenplays up on a couple different sites now and you can tag your screenplays with not only its genres, but it's like, it's minutia. Like, does this have a mystery element? Is there magic? What kind of magic? And there's stuff about like representation on all of them now.
0: And there's one there's like, does it pass the Bechdel test? And you can click yes or no. I don't really, sorry. I don't really care too much for the Bechtel test, even though I gave you a tough time about it <laughs> <laughs> because there are so many movies that fail the Bechtel test that I feel are very feminist films.
1: Um, that's fine. Sh- it's, it's not, it's not saying that they aren't, it's just a, an overarching theory
0: Yeah, it's just like it makes sense in a in a Star Wars where it's just kind of like, huh, there are a lot of guys here (laughs) where there's the balance is wrong. You know, like it doesn't make sense to have a lot more guys than girls. And it's always like Mm -hmm. there's always a token girl (laughs) in a Star Wars. (laughs) Sure. Um, But there are other movies like um, our movie. Um, No, let's not use our movie. I want to use a movie directed by a woman because I feel feels a. self-promoting i don't have a movie out of my back pocket but usually romantic dramas the female characters are talking about a man because that's the conflict is that there's a problem with the man hmm. and i feel yeah, like but, in Chocolat a lot some... that's the same thing is that you have serge you have the count you have the boy is not the problem but he's part of the conflict is that she can't see the boy and then you have the middle-aged couple where the problem is the man so all the problems are derived by the men which i think is logical men are trash and they do cause problems. Hey, (laughs) not all men, not all men, (laughs) but it makes sense in this movie that they're just like the women. I still will say most of the conversations though are about their conflict. And it's usually about a guy. Mm. That's, I mean, that is true.
1: And this, I, like I said before, it's not necessarily something that's saying this is, this is wrong with this movie. If this happens, it's just trying to point out an inequity.
0: Yeah. And it yeah. certainly does. It yeah. certainly does point yeah. it out.
1: Um, hey, let's pick next week's movie.
0: Okay.
1: Hey. Um, I got 164 films, buddy. Lay it on me.
0: <clears throat> Ooh. How about 100? Why? Um. Perfect score. <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, great. Are you ready? This is a really, this is a really cool test of what we've been talking about this whole time. Um, swear, I'm not making this up. This is Francis Ha. Yes. yes!
0: Yeah. Which is great
1: because we have like a Noah Bambach written, co-written with Greta Gerwig, if I'm not mistaken, starring Greta Gerwig, who has gone on to direct her own stuff. This is going to be really fun.
0: Hell yes. Hell yes.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, Ryan, where can people find us?
0: Oh, rom-com gents. On the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook, just search romcom gents. Same and with, send us uh, an, Gmail.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Send us a Gmail at romcomgents at gmail.com anytime about anything that we've said or didn't say, just let us know. Please let us know. Don't don't let us sit here just sitting in our French town forever. Let us know your feelings. Let us know how you felt about the movie and the people inside of it and the people who talked about it.
0: I don't know. A French town sounds nice. Man, didn't
1: didn't the French like I think this is something very French, but they were like all chill until they weren't. Yeah. You guys <laughs> lost your chill. And besides that, rate and review us on Apple podcasts or any podcatcher of your choice. Just give us, give us some love. If you liked what you hear, uh, and- give us some chocolate too. send it to us at, uh, and um, that'll be it. Whoa, Ryan, you know, what? I really wanted to ask you anything romantic this
0: week. Oh, Oh, romantic things happening. I took a picture of my son's uh, hand, and it looked nice. <laughs> no,
1: doesn't count, but that's fine. Um, it's, a, I, it's been
0: all about my son this past week, so not a lot of romance, that's, but that's things okay. are very still happy with my wife, who's a wonderful mother. Wonderful. Things are still happy with
1: my wife, too, who's not a wonderful mother, or is she? No, she's not. No. Um, <laughs> Don't make that joke. <laughs> and uh but i did finish gilmore girls this week in other romance related news
0: well done so i have
1: a lot i have a lot to say about seventh season let's take a minute Just a lot of it's good good so I, no i think i think what we should do is actually dr- we'll do a gilmore girls episode i think we should maybe drop that in some like do a mini episode on gilmore girls
0: i started rewatching season one this is really odd i started rewatching season one when the pandemic started Mm-hmm. and I don't know we got distracted by Star Wars TV shows
1: okay we'll, we'll talk about it why don't we <laughs> but don't I we really want to
0: rewatch the whole thing but I've only started at season one I've got a Guess lot to what? catch up to
1: I want to I just finished and I, I haven't watched you in the life I don't know if I'm going to um but no. I I almost want to just start over again
0: no really
1: yeah I, I mean we'll talk about this more um but yeah, so that was that was my little romantic news. And Ryan, <clears throat> je t'aime, je
0: t'aime, je t'aime. Au revoir. <laughs> I feel like we need some Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah, play it in the background.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right, and smoke.
0: <clears throat>
1: ah, Choc-
0: the beautiful Tom
1: River. Ah, Johnny Depp. Ah, Juliette Binoche. Yeah. In ah, no my way. boat is on fire Oh no, I shouldn't have put my cigarette on the gasoline. No, no. Oh ha, ha. no, oh, ha gasoline
0: Sorry, France
1: <laughs>
0: Hey, we love you, France We love you, we love you, and je
1: t'aime je t'aime Je et
0: je
1: And this is where we will say goodbye.
0: Ryan and
1: Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week
0: on The Gentleman's Guide.
1: To rom-coms.